What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly dose of all that is pop culture and nerdum with your three favorite fat nerds. That's right, it's time for the flagship three fat nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. And of course, I'm your host, Rich. And joining me as they do each other and every week are my friends, my compadres, my homies. Of course, first up, he is the man who, after watching the Mr. Plow episode of The Simpsons, has decided to go into his own business for himself. So he'll be Mr. Plow 607, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Ron. What's happening? And of course, the next man, he doesn't need an introduction yet. He has the longest introduction in all podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang and your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled up into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Diesel. I was also inspired by The Simpsons, the Homer episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully not the, uh, you know, burning down the uh, nuclear plant every 10 seconds episodes. Yeah. yeah. But where you're at now, you don't have the nuclear codes. No, you're, right. yeah. you're all right. I'm not trusted with that. Well, <laughs> another week in the books. Of course, last week was a stressful one for me. And uh, for those of you who were at the 607 TWS, I was like, I, 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 I lost it by then. But everything turned out fine. Uh, but uh, let's go around and find out how everybody else is. I'm sure uh, we'll start with Ron, because I'm sure his is very tiring. Well, it, let's see. Last week, I ended up working another 30-some-odd hours overtime, I think, through total, between last Saturday and Jesus. Friday, and the, snow, the ice storm we had the week before. And so, like, I don't know, it's going to be one of those other paychecks. And then I was, I'm not going to lie, Rich is like, oh, we're having everything at DMG today for my. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, seven o'clock rolled around. And yeah, I was like, nope, I'm bitching out. Peace. I'm going home, and I basically went to bed. That's but good. other than that, you know, our Friday, our Wednesday group met. Uh, we canceled our Friday group due to COVID. Uh, a couple of players came down with it, so uh, Wednesday group we're still trucking along in the dungeon in a box set. Nothing really. We were all kind of more bitching this week, so we kind of were telling stories and jokes and all that stuff. So we kind of moved on and just went. Eh. So, but by Wednesday, I was a little tired. So I was like, yeah, I'm just sitting here. So sorry, guys. It's all good. Uh, Diesel, what you got going on? Ah, fucking humbug. Oh, yeah. You did your uh, Christmas this week. Yeah, second Christmas. Ugh. Thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Like I, I spent like a lot of errand running after I got paid this week, getting stuff together. And then, yeah, it was just a miserable time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the weeks, we had our, 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 our the COVID scare at my house, which ended up being uh, a false alarm. So that was good news. Uh, that put a lot of stress on me because, of course, it was my birthday week because my birthday was this past Saturday. And uh, we did. We had a small, tiny get-together at DMG. It wasn't anything big. We didn't do it on purpose. Uh, mostly because we wanted to watch the football game and GCW wrestling at the same time. So we had both screens going. It was, it was marvelous. It was glorious. Uh, the game was a blowout because the Bills blew out the uh, New England Patriots. So uh, we were mostly watching wrestling after that. But still, still, it was it was on. It was a good time uh, we had by all. Uh, other than that, I've been kind of just resting and uh, relaxing, enjoying uh, being another year older. So there's that. So, yeah, yeah. 
I can't nothing nothing to be too much about. Uh, I got a you know work uh, work week filled here, and then uh, next week I got to go to uh, New York City on Sunday for GCW World on GCW at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, so that'll that'll be the most thing of this week. Of course, shout outs to my work group up there at Upstate Merch. Took me out for uh, dinner and a movie on uh, Thursday night for my nice. birthday. Lots of fun. We had a good time. And that's where we saw Scream 2022, which, of course, spoiler alert, at the end of this show, Diesel's Movie Club review for this week will be Scream 2022. Myself what? and Ron both saw it on Thursday night. So we're going to talk about it with you guys and let you know what's good. Of course, Diesel has questions, but he won't be seeing the movie because he doesn't like scary movies. No. But also in the second half of the show, you will have Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff, Box Office, Upcoming Films, and the Top 3. And, of course, in the first half, we'll have a small, once again, small news, because it is the dead time of year. Yeah. But before we get into all of that, of course, we got to do some opening plugs, and that is very simple. If you would like to get a hold of us, talk to us, uh, suggest a movie for us to review, uh, talk about any kind of news, or just to say hello, you can do that on social media. Three Fat Nerds Podcast on uh, Facebook. Like and share the page. We're at 3 Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. Of course, for all the information about everything that goes on here at 8122 Productions, you can go to 8122productions.com. Find out more about the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, Horror Zone 607, and 607TWS, amongst a ton of other things, including links to our T Public Store, links to twitch.tv slash 607podcast, which you should be following us on, because every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Myself and Ken M. from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607TWS Live. Of course, you can find that in uh, uh, podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. And of course, we do movie nights and everything else over there, so you might want to follow us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Also, we have links to friends of the show, like Sci-Fi Horror Fest, announcing uh, guests coming to the, the convention this year in August. Also, Dragon Master Games has something located there. The ODPH has a link there. And of course, the musical guests like the band that does our opening theme song, Shout at the Robots. Find out more about them. Of course, support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And then we also uh, have the link to Patreon. But you can tell here the link right now because it's patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content and you help support all the podcasting and streaming we do here. And of course, if you forget any of the things that I just listened, that I just listed, sorry, I said listened, uh, that I just listed, you can find them right in the liner notes for this show. Hyperlinks will take you to any of those. But once again, the most important one I think to remember is 8122productions.com because all of it's there. And just like that, we're done with opening plugs. What, what? Damn, damn, damn. I didn't even get to the warning track of that. <laughs> it's just like in real life when you're playing Mario. My warning track is actually the warning track you get when you uh, get to the end of the uh, board. So it's great. Nice. All right. We, uh, we didn't have a lot of news this week, but we still have some. So guess what time it is. It is time for this week's edition of the Nerd News. Da, da, da. Bing, bong, boom. That's right. Nerd News time. And uh, like I said, we really, really, it's that <laughs> beginning of the year time. Not a lot going on right now in the world of uh, news. I mean, it's even slow in the box office because, shit, we don't even have any really gigantically good movies coming out until February, I do believe. Yeah. 
I mean, we'll talk about them in upcoming in the second half of the show, but we do have a couple pieces we're going to talk about here in the new segment. And first up is last week we got the news that, uh, and it was a surprise announcement at that, from FX that Timothy Oliphant will reprise his role of U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens for a Justified sequel series titled Justified City Primeval. The new series will be inspired by City Primeval High Noon in Detroit, another novel by the late Elmore Leonard, with Justified producers Dave Andron and Michael Dinner set to serve as showrunners and even series creator Graham Yost returning as an executive producer. With all of these familiar names returning, there was one notable absence, Oliphant's co-star Walton Goggins, who played the iconic villain Boyd Crowder in the original six-season run. Truthfully, it makes sense why Goggins' name wasn't included in the announcement as FX confirmed. The series will be set in both Miami and Detroit, with Given having left the uh, hollers of Kentucky eight years ago. The new series will follow him as both a marshal and a part-time father, but now on a collision course with Clement Mansell, a.k.a. the Oklahoma Wildman, a violent, sociopathic desperado who's already slipped through the fingers of Detroit's finest once and aims to do so again. All this sounds like big reasons for why Goggins' character, who was in prison as of the series finale, wouldn't appear, but that didn't stop fans from demanding he make an appearance in some capacity, and uh, a lot of people were pissed off about it. And I know Diesel is a big fan of Justified, and I know he's also a big fan of Walton Goggins. How are your feelings on the new Justified show and the inclusion or not inclusion of one Walton Goggins? So the problem with Justified was it needed Walton Goggins' character in it to make the show really good. If you're just following Timothy Alplant's Raylan Gibbons, the show really wasn't that great. It The show was made by the Crowders, honestly. Um, I don't think this is going to be successful. If They like they might be pulling like an Andrew Garfield on this and being hush-hush about him actually being in there. Because if he's not, the show's not going to last more than a season. It'll probably get canceled mid-season, honestly. The, yeah. Timothy Alleplant wasn't enough to carry the show. Agree. I'm with you. Agree. I'm with you. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, if I mean he was such a part of that, that like when he showed up in that, you're just like okay, and this shit just got real yeah. like right afterwards. And Walton Goggins is one of the characters where I hated the actor because of the character from his character on the Shield. Yeah, and it took years in this show for me to get over that I mean, irrational hatred of him. I mean, you know, he's not his character on uh, the Sons of Anarchy. I never watched Sons of Anarchy, so... <laughs> He's a transgender. Oh, okay. <laughs> Venus Delilah. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so, like, he is such a great actor that I hated him because of the role he played. Yeah. Shane. Oh. So, so, but this character was so charismatic and likable, and it yeah. legit made the show. I agree. Well, I, I, you know what I'm going to say? I, I really think that uh, fans are once again jumping the gun. Yeah. I don't think you should complain. I think he'll be in the show. Yeah. I think that, you know, he might not be the main focus, but we know he's in prison. He'll probably get broken out of prison because he would love nothing more than to make, you know, people's lives hell. Or he's got to go get him or something. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I was they, could sil- yeah. they could silence of the lambs yeah. in where it's like he has to go get his help to take down this yeah. guy that nobody yeah. else could take down. So he's got to make the deal with the devil, if you will. Yeah. I, I like that idea as well. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure this man is going to be in the, this show. So don't give them too much shit. I'm glad that we're going to get a justified show back. Uh, it does sound pretty intriguing what they're going to go yeah. through. So it kind of seems like more of what the show was about, but a little more personal in a lot of ways. So I, for one, will be keeping my eyes out for when this definitely hits. And like I said, I I would be surprised if uh, Mr. Goggins is not 
involved somehow in the show, I, I bet you he will be. So don't complain yet. We haven't gotten there. Speaking of complaints, <laughs> and uh, long-time <laughs> listeners will understand why I said that. Uh, <laughs> the only other news story we have this week is uh, this past week, you know, first of all, we should start back. We remember that uh, the last movie that came out in uh, October, uh, No Time to Die, was the last time that uh, the great Daniel Craig will be playing the titular character of 007 James Bond. So now we need to know who the next Bond is. And, you know, tight-lipped, you know they're going to not kill the series. It's coming back. We'll have a new Bond. We'll have a new Bond for multiple movies. Well, you know, there was a certain name that came up in the past particular Idris Elba that a lot of fans were really excited about seeing and a, a smaller portion of fans, not so much. Well, uh, things got started back up because uh, a recent post on Twitter asked for fans to choose from a group of potential new bonds. Uh, there was 10 candidates. I don't have all 10 written down. I just have the heavy hitters. Here's some of the heavy hitters that I know you guys would enjoy. Star Wars's John Boyega. Thor actor Chris Hemsworth. And Black Panther star Michael B. Jordan, who does not fit the mold of being British, but yeah. he is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. But despite the suggestion, and there was other people, but despite the suggestion of so many other popular and successful actors, the only choice for many repliers was Elba. Some tweets in support of Elba even racked up hundreds of likes on their own. Now, with this being said, mind you, this was not a thing that was put out by the producers or anybody attached to Bond. But if you are... Looking at this, because you know they are. Everybody follows the internet and social trends. Is there a reason why they do not make Idris Elba the next James Bond, considering it looks like the groundswell says, yes, you should do that, even when compared to people like Thor or Jonathan or John Boyega, who is a very popular actor, or even Michael B. Jordan, and people are like, it was a landslide, yeah. literally a landslide, and there was other people on the list, but a landslide for Idris Elba. I'm just saying, Ron... Is there a reason why they should not make Idris Elba Bond? Because I don't think there is at this point. There really isn't. Like you, it's exactly what you need. Like it, it, I think that would actually keep the series as fresh as it's been. I go, I'd go see it, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I didn't care Daniel Craig was Bond. Like I, I know they were some of the best Bond movies. I get it. I understand why people like them. I just didn't care. I'm just gonna throw it out there. My favorite Bond of yeah. all time. Yeah. And by the way, when he became Bond. We get the, oh, oh my God, James Bond's going to be blonde? <laughs> that happened. That was a real complaint. James Bond's going to be blonde. But guess what? It worked out just fine. Diesel, thoughts? I'm actually going to take the counterpoint and say the reason why we should not have Idris Elba as Bond is because we should have John Boyega as Bond. And we should have Oscar Isaac be his uh, Mrs. Pennyworth. <laughs> wow, you really want to get that uh, yes, yes, thing over yes. 100% do. Well, I mean, it should have happened. Yeah. Like, and the sad part is both actors were like, yeah, yeah, that that should have happened. Yeah. Like, and you're just like Disney just being Disney. The the only problem now, I think they've waited too long with Idris Elba. Whereas he's getting older in age, and like, how long of a franchise can you get off with him? I mean, he's not that old. I no, no, not saying that, but you're. But not, I just want to also point out, still sexy as fuck. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But in that's all you really need. He might even Bond's be, a sex appeal, baby. He might yeah. be bigger than Bond though now. Like everyone loves Idris Elba, and he doesn't need the James Bond role. Well, here's the problem. I would say yes because a lot of fans like Idris Elba, but he has made some very questionable movies over the years. 
let's be honest. It has been a while since we've had Idris Elba in a movie that, like, a movie itself yeah. that did well. Not saying him; he's always great in movies. Yeah. But like, I mean, you could say Hobbs and Shaw did well because it was a fucking uh, Fast and Furious movie. But yeah, mindless shit, right? You also had, you know, the Watchtower, which or the Dark Tower. Sorry, Dark. the Watchtower, the Dark Tower. Horrible movie. He was great in it, but it was a horrible fucking movie. So Idris Elba is not always known to pick like great movies to be in. Is he great in things? Yes, and that's why people love him. Yeah. I think that this is the role he needs because he he is an iconic actor because people respect him. But I don't think that he has a list. He, he doesn't have a list of iconic roles in movies. Yeah, he's an iconic television star. Oh, obviously, if you watch British television, Luther was amazing. Yeah. Yes. And, of course, he was also on The Wire. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who's been iconic in the TV episode, episodic realm. And I'm not saying he hasn't done great movies because, once again, I think he's an amazing actor. But I would argue that he hasn't had that franchise star power. And this is what he needs, and I think the franchise needs this. You're coming off of, you know, some of the best Bond movies of all time. Bond fans love the Daniel Craig movies, hands down. You look at any ranking, there's at least three of them in the top ten, if not more. Shit, there's three of them in my top five, and I've been a Bond fan my whole life. Uh, he bumped Sean Connery as my favorite Bond. That's how good Daniel Craig was. So we need another badass like Daniel Craig. Literally. And that's why I would vote out John Boyega. I like John Boyega, but I don't think he's badass enough to be Bond. I think he has it at him. I mean, if if Pierce Brosnan was before him, then yes. But now we've had Daniel Craig, who was like, legit, you believe he's a badass. I can tell you one person I don't want to be Bond, Liam Neeson. I don't need Taken Bond. He's Bond in every movie he does. Well, but you know what I mean? I don't need Taken Bond. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm just saying, double down on the... the, the people who don't like Idris Elba and dye his hair blonde have him look like a goddamn meteor man villain. <laughs> you look like fucking Cisco. Yeah. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I, after overall, I've always said I do want to see Idris Elba as Bond. I think that he's badass enough. Right. I think he fits all the key demographics. He's a very good looking man. Uh, so the sex appeal is there, and they like to they like the, their Bonds a little older now. I think it's that Sean Connery thing. You know, because as Sean Connery got older, he got sexier and sexier. And, you know, like, he won Sexiest Man when he was, like, fucking 80 years old. Like, like people love, the, like, like the older look. And I'm and Idris Elba's only in his 40s. Yeah. So, like, I, I think he's got plenty of time to be Bond for three or four films. And, once again, it would be cool and be iconic. And it's not even, for, and I don't even give a fuck about the reason that people are like, oh, well, we need the first black Bond. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's black. He is just the best person for the yeah. fucking job. And I want to see the best actor in that job, and that's Idris Elba. And once again, Michael B. Jordan is the, is my close second. But once he doesn't fit the British part. He, you have to be from the United Kingdom or Australia is pretty much like what I think the only real rule is. And of course, Michael B. Jordan is from the good old US of A. With that being said, though, I would like to see a spy movie with Michael B. Jordan. Maybe not Bond. Maybe put him in The Kingsman or something. That works. I, I just think he's suave and sophisticated. Look at him. Gorgeous man, too. He, he could be up, if he's in a movie this year, he could be up for Man Crush. He's up for Man Crush every year he's in a movie. I couldn't do it for this last year's movie because it was, it was way too much of a tearjerker and artsy for me. It, it's not as sexy when I'm crying. It's more sexy when I'm just staring at them abs when he's Creed. <laughs> it's more sexy yeah. when they're crying. Yeah, that's what I like. But as far as Idris Elba is Bond, you know what I say? Give me what I want! That's right. Give me what I want. Me and Dave Batista want that. Well, I think Dave Batista wants to be Bond. Well, he was a Bond villain. 
We should bring him back as a serious Bond villain. Yeah. People, that's one of the complaints people did have is that he wasn't in that movie longer. Dude, every movie that he's not in for more than two scenes, people want more of him. Dude, he's amazing. He steals the scene, man. (laughs) Even in Dune, we heard some real bad things like, why wouldn't we get more Batista? And they're like, well, wait till the next movie. We're like, but we wanted more Batista now. (laughs) Blade Runner. Blade Runner. They got real, they got some hate mail over the fact that he wasn't in that very long. Because oh. people really love that character in that movie. And he was a great character. Yeah. I think he does a great job. It's a testament to how good Dave Batista has turned into being an actor. But uh, Idris Elba as Bond, we all co-sign it. And uh, Diesel, if we if anybody has any hate mail, where to send it? 3 at gmail.com. <laughs> titled, I'm a piece of shit racist. <laughs> oh, wow. He Bond has to be bla- can't be black. Fuck you. He can be black. Oh. So y'all need to have your kids, <laughs> have your wife, and have your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Diesel is fucking killing it right now. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is literally all that we have for you for the news this week. Once again, dead news week, but hopefully it'll be picking up in the very near future. With that being said, though, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be time for Diesel's movie triple stuff, the box office, upcoming movies, and the top three. And then, of course, it's time the return of the Diesel's Movie Club review uh, is going down, and that is going to be Scream 2022. You won't want to miss all of that right after this break. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds rich ron and diesel our nerd council brothers after you're done with this amazing show zoom on over to 30 and nerdy podcast wherever you cast your pod hit the subscribe button give us a rating and a review and check out 30 and nerdy podcast.com cheers to you nerds Back to Diesel's movie, Triple Stuff. We have an exciting, exciting week in the box office this week, but we'll get started. At number five, The Kingsman pulled in another $2.2 million. Zero surprise. The 355 for its second week pulled in another $2.3 million, bringing its grand total to $8.3 million domestic. And that's all I get. Uh, number three, Sing 2 with another $8 million. Still making money somehow. Kids. Even though they gave it all away in the trailer. Yep. Kids. And it's finally been dethroned. Spider-Man No Way Home pulling another $20.1 million in number two. Still $20 million. <laughs> Spider-Man is still slaying it. It's over. It's well over a billion. It's getting close to $2 billion, correct? Because uh, I do believe that they, they're they're in the top six of all time. Right yeah. Now. So it's getting close to the $2 billion mark. Yeah. And then taking it down this week, debuting on the list, the movie that we'll be talking about later. Scream with $30 million domestic. Uh, yeah, you know what the funny part is? they That was the low end of what they estimated to. It was supposed to be between 30 and 50. Um, and once again, January horror movie. 
Thankfully, it was a franchise. I think it did it well. I mean, thirty million back on the budget, which we'll get to later. I think that they did. I think they're not mad about it at all. No. So that's a that's a success for a horror movie, especially during pandemic times. Yeah. And then uh, you said it earlier. There's not much coming out until uh, February because next uh, this week, January twenty first, Redeeming Love, The King's Daughter, War Hunt, The Tiger Rising, and The Laureate. Yeah, yeah some uh, smaller movies, but uh, hey, you know, go out and see Spider-Man No Way Home again, <laughs> or as we like to call it, Spider-Way No Man Home, <laughs> and uh, also go, you know, go see Scream. Well, well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I'll give you a little clue. Go see Scream. If you're a horror fan. If you're not a horror fan like Diesel, go see Sing. <laughs> kind of would do want to see it. <laughs> Just just to confirm where we're at with the did uh, they show everything in the trailer? Yeah, yeah, I, I might have to go see that. And there's other great great movies in the theater currently. Isn't it on HBO Max now already? Is Sing already there? I yeah, thought, I think uh, it did drop already. Did yeah. it? Because I thought I thought they were doing the same rules as everything now. They were doing that fucking was it day right. day fifty six or whatever. Yeah, it I is. think. Well, I think this one they just did earlier. They, they, they might have had this on as the extra towards the yeah, end yeah, there. They, but yeah, this one beat the buzzer. Yeah, because I was gonna say now it's like day fifty six or whatever. Yeah. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. So they're gonna 49. it's gonna be forty nine. Yeah. Day 49 because yeah 48 days and then the 49th day yeah okay i knew it was something like that there was a weird it was a weird number it wasn't a fucking like a north like it wasn't 50 or like you know a rounded number i knew it was a weird one yeah but that's the name of our new movie day 49 day 49 <laughs> day 49 and that is going to star uh shamar moore uh idris elba uh michael b jordan ray fisher ray fisher and Possibly Denzel Washington. We're going to offer it to him. If not, we'll, we'll lower to Morgan Freeman to be the leader. Oh, Terry <laughs> Crews. Ooh. Okay, maybe we have to have Terry Crews and one of those other ones. Terry Crews gets added into the others. This, this is going to be becoming a big budget movie. And uh, allegedly, we're going to get Ryan Coogler to direct. So that is our literal plan right now. I think you guys would all be in for it. I think everybody would go see it. I'm not even joking. Because I, I know if somebody told me that all those guys were in the, in the movie together, I'd be like, you're getting my money today. Yep. I don't even care what the fucking movie's about. <laughs> Could be about fucking some wild, crazy-ass shit. I'd be like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. All right, Diesel, that brings us to the top three this week. This week's top three is your top three best worst families. The best dysfunctional families in media. So I decided to go with all of TV. And two are classics. So my number one is not going to be a classic. It's going to be something newer. But I also enjoyed it a lot. So my number three... And I mean, you could actually put these in any order. These, uh, honestly, yeah. my top three in this case, any of these could be my number one. Cause I, but my number three, paying homage to the old school, The Bunkers. Oh, nice. All in the family, baby. One of the, the greatest shows of all time. Still love it. I still catch the reruns to this day. Yes, it hasn't been canceled yet. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know why. But it's it, it's fine. Hopefully people stay away from it. Uh, they would cancel it. Because it's a great show. And at the end of the day... You know, Carol was a fucking, he, he was a legit liberal. Yeah. Yeah. He was a legit, and he played the complete opposite character and it had the first interracial kiss. By the way, first interracial, also, I think it was also the first uh, homosexual kiss between him and Sammy Davis. Yep. Sammy Davis Jr. and Archie and, Bunker. Lock and, lips, baby. And it was, and it was all... Sammy Davis Jr. doing it. Like, oh, yeah. He, he had no idea. That's why his look on his face was And in the fucking, the, <laughs> the censors and critics went nuts about yeah. it, too. They were not happy. By the way, that was in an era where you weren't even allowed really to kiss a woman on the lips yeah. on TV. Yeah. And the fact that Sammy Davis Jr., a oh. black man, kisses a white man square on the lips made people's buttholes tight. But it was great. It was amazing. And it's historic. Uh, my second, my number two, the Bundys, married with children. Gotta love Al Bundy. No, ma'am. What, what, what can't you love? <laughs> Al Bundy is a hero 
to our generation. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We are the last generation who sits around, drinks beer, and talks about the glory days. I mean, we don't do that all the time, but we know people who do all the time. And that was Al Bundy. Al Bundy was the everyday man. Working a job, supporting his family, trying to dodge having sex with his wife. <laughs> the everyday man. I don't know what's happened in the world that's changed that, but salute yeah. to Al Bundy. And he's still out there doing great things. And if it wasn't for the Fox Network. Yes. <laughs> or for, for them, we probably wouldn't have the Fox Network. And last but certainly not least, my number one spot, I got the Gallaghers from Shameless. And if you have not watched Shameless, Diesel, Shameless is a show made for you. Yeah, I heard it's really good. It's a phenomenal show. I don't think you've ever seen it, but it's a phenomenal show. I love that show. And when you want to talk about dysfunctional, fucked up families, (laughs) they take the crown and then some. Uh, Diesel, the highlights, I'm not even going to mention them. I want you to see the show. Let's just say... Um, we've got people kind of like incest marriages. We've had, uh, you know, jail time for it's, it's crazy. It's, it's fucking it, insane. It goes everywhere. <laughs> Frank somehow gets left. It get, they have to smuggle Frank back in from Canada. Cause when he gets drunk, he ends up in Canada. <laughs> Don't know how we're just saying it's fucking amazing. And also you like uh, William H. Macy and he is the, he's one of the stars of the show. He wakes up for the bed. <laughs> but like everybody's got a mask on and they're yelling at him to put a mask on oh. for the for COVID and he's just like it's one of the later seasons obviously and he's just like looks around well the first he, well, he finds one on the ground and just oh, oh. well one of the earlier seasons when he gets yeah. and he's in Canada the first time he doesn't even know he's in Canada he thinks he's still in Detroit and he's he get they lock him up and he's like I'm fucking American and he's talking shit to him and they, he annoys him so much they let him go but they won't get they won't send him back to the states so they had to come smuggle him in, in inside the walls of an RV to smuggle him back in because he doesn't have a passport <laughs> So, how he gets there? Well, he got there because of the boyfriend. It's it's a great show. It's, it's a, a fucking great yeah. show. But anyways, uh, those are my top three. Uh, Ron. All right. So, since you took probably the top three of the top three of everybody here, except for Diesel, I'm going to change mine up just a little bit. Uh, the Bristows from Alias. Okay. Because Just because, you know, when, you know, families go and, like, golf together or fish together, they go to India to find nukes is one is like part of one of the stories of her why she's mad at her father (laughs) um number two i'm gonna go with uh the griffins from you know family guy because come on let's be honest and then number one just because i watched it late and i enjoyed it all the way through to the end the baits from baits motel okay that was good too yeah like (laughs) i'm not gonna lie like i didn't catch that on first run i waited a while until it was all done and i watched it i'm like yeah all right. Okay, what do you got? Number three, a fake family, but a family nonetheless. The Millers from More of the Millers. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. Very good. Number two, we're going with another movie. And uh, you you probably won't remember just based off the name, but The Woods Family. The story of a, a dysfunctional family, a father and his uh, three sons on a trip to California. Oh, <laughs> from the, the wizard. wizard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then number one. We're going with the TV family, the Lannisters from Game of Thrones, because how hot was that? Yeah. <laughs> I, also, I just also want to throw out there, I wish we could have played copywritten music, because that's where Send Me an Angel would have yep. come in perfect. I know we've played it on the show at least five times over our runtime, just because the wizard always comes up. And why shouldn't it? It's the wizard. Well, with that being said, it is now time for Diesel's Movie Club. And this week's review is the brand new Scream movie that just came out this past week. Uh, Of course, just so you guys are up to speed, we are going to give you our non-spoiler thoughts on the movie and our recommendation. Of course, it'll just be from me and Ron because we were the only two to see it because Diesel's watch horror movies. And then we will play the drop for the spoiler alert. 
And then we will be talking and deep diving in on our review for the movie. So listen in when we give you the spoiler warning and play the, 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 the drop. That is when it's your time to check out if you do not want the movie spoiled and you haven't seen it already. But let's go in and give you the uh, particulars for the movie. And then we will also uh, give you our little non-spoiler recommendation or no recommendation for the movie. So first of all, of course, Scream... Uh, 2022 as it is titled. It's just titled Scream, but of course we add 2022 to it because it's named after the same movie as the 1996 version. It does drive me fucking nuts. We will talk about that <laughs> in, in depth during this, I'm sure. Uh, came out, of course, January 14th, 2022, even though we saw it on premiere night, which was uh, January 13th, but January 14th is the official date. It was uh, distributed by Paramount Pictures and it was produced by Spyglass Media Company, Project X Entertainment, Radio Silence, and Lantern Entertainment. Uh, it is based on characters by Kevin Williamson. This movie, though, was not written by Kevin Williamson. It was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick and directed by Matt Bettinelli, Olpin, and Tyler Gillette. Of course, if those people sound familiar, they are all the people who were responsible for uh, uh, Ready or Not. That's okay. what uh, they did a couple years ago with right. Samara Weaving. Great movie. I have yet yeah, to I think see it that was one. my, I, I do believe on Horror Zone, it was yeah. my movie of the year that year. Nice a stuff. horror movie of the year. Ready or not, it's a great movie. If you I, haven't no, seen it, you should. I, I need to see it. I just haven't gotten to it. But yes, the writers and directors of this film are the ones who brought you that movie. So there's there's a lot of, uh, when we talk yeah. about the spoiler thing, there's a lot of simulators. Uh, it was produced by William Shurek, James Vanderbilt, and uh, Paul Nenstein. The cinematographer was Burt Jakowicz, the edited by Michael Aller, and the music was done by Brian Tyler. So nobody is an overlap from the, the old Scream series. I just want to throw that out there. However, we do get some overlaps in the starring because it stars Melissa Berea, Mason Gooding, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, Marley Shelton, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Nev Campbell, and many more. Uh, and of course, uh, we talked about it earlier. It made uh, it made uh, what thirty million domestically. It made forty eight million worldwide on a twenty four million dollar budget. So it's made okay. twice its money back already in the first week of being out. So it's a success because yep. if you make money back, that's how that works. So before we dive any further into the movie uh before we get into the spoilers let's give the uh, recommendations for the people who are jumping out i will start with you ron do you recommend screen 2022 and why or why not for it being january and no other movies to watch and if you're a fan of the screen franchise go see it. It, it it's fan justice all the way through it's definitely worth a watch i will say i also recommend the movie um if you're a horror if you're not a horror fan i wouldn't go see it it is a it's a it's a horror movie. Uh, it's definitely in the same vein as as the original. So if you're a fan of the franchise, I don't think you'll be too disappointed. Uh, but you know, it, it, I can see where this movie could be polarizing. But I definitely give it my recommendation for you guys in the non-spoiler sense. But with that being said, it is now time for us. So if you've not seen Scream 2022 and you do not want the movie spoiled for you, it is your time to get out. Here is your final warning. And now spoilers are in effect for us to talk about the movie. So uh, we like to do, we don't like to go through scene for scene. We just like to do the good, the bad, the ugly, if you will. So let's start off on the positive notes and we'll do the positives of Scream 2022. Ronald, what did what, what were your positive takeaways, scenes and uh, storylines or whatever that you enjoyed about Scream 2022? First and foremost, the kills. Actually, most of them were amazing. Like I, this, uh, 
done. From, we're in spoiler zone, Dewey. Like, seriously. Oh, my God. Dude, that was amazing. Did they kill Dewey off? Yes. Aww. David Arquette dies, oh, finally. And, and, and it's brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. They, uh, basically, the killer, uh, Ghostface, because we won't spoil yeah. that part until we talk a little later, Ghostface takes one knife and stabs him when he goes to... Ch- he's going to go back to shoot Ghostface in the head. And then Ghostface, uh, the, his phone rings, distracts him for a second. Ghostface stabs him. Then stabs him with a second knife in the back. So in the front and the back. And then proceeds to lift both yeah. knights. And as they're coming up, you see yeah. different chunks of yeah. stuff falling out of him. A lot of blood. Yeah. They yeah. did a... This movie was gruesome. Yes. Like, this is definitely the most gruesome uh, screen movie of all of them. I mean, some of them have had badass kills in the past. Yeah. This one was graphic. Lots of blood. Very mean-spirited kills. Uh, we, we we saw a knife go through someone's... Ne- well, we saw a couple knife knives go through necks. Next one go face, through a mouth. Cheek. Yep. Oh, dude. The one the, at the end... <laughs> like I said, we'll get to the ending later, but with the end... Literally stabs this dude through his fucking mouth. Ugh. It goes. It is. It's. It's. Uh, it's when they reveal. So the, it's one of the killers that gets stabbed through the fucking mouth, and it literally you can see the blade yeah. in his mouth go yeah. through. Yeah. It was. It was. It that's was not the killing part of him. No, that's just. That's just the. Be- that's just actually like towards the beginning of what ends up happening to him, <sighs> which we'll talk about. I'll, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit because we usually go for the end at the end. But, but uh, continue. They try. They do a decent job trying to give you the red herrings, but it's pretty simple to figure out who the red herrings is. You know which ones are which. I I kind of I I kind of guessed the one, and then towards the end I started to guess the other. Okay, well, we'll talk believe about it that or not, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm probably with you on that one too. Uh, definitely, I don't know. Maybe I got them backwards or something. But the definitely the the kill of the guy that hooked up with the one girl. Oh, the I, guy in the car? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was, I understand why they did it. It was just. It was a the, red herring. As a, it, it was, was a solid red herring. It would be a solid red herring he, in the beginning of the film. Yeah, but like, I got the vibe of the, of the one killer when that well, showed go ahead. Which one? The female or the, the male? The female. Oh, the female it's there. Very the female. It was there? a very female move. Very female feeling. So you knew it was definitely a female was one of the killers. So now you know there's a female and a male killer. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's, I really, like, just, just the movement there. Of how whoever was acting yeah. as Ghostface at that time, if it was, I think it was the one dude, but he actually like he gave that really female feel okay. at that moment. So that's like, so you, you knew one was a female, and then the other one you knew was a male, just because the other there was one kill that was like another brutal kill that was like okay, that was definitely a male. Although, although ironically enough, the kill of Officer Dewey was done by the female. Yes, it was. Okay. It was not done by the male. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But so like, that, that kind of that was kind of one of those plot holes, though, because you're like, how in the fuck did she yeah. lift two knives and him up enough to like gut him? Yeah, she she works out. Uh, yeah, but he's she's probably like two thirty. She's kind of, she's kind of small. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's definitely over two hundred because he bulked up for wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And but like, it's like it's 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 the, that was one of my plot holes. Yeah. Not enough to take me out of the movie, but it's definitely yeah, fucking. No, I, I get you. But um, this the fact that they do the same thing as give you you know the new rules. For the requels, you know. And By the way, they they name it a requel. Yep. <laughs> so yep. so like we've been wondering what we should call these reboots, remakes, kind yep. of like like Candyman, Halloween yep. twenty eighteen. Yep. They call it a requel, and uh, I was gonna say like jumping off you, 
that was part of the storyline that I really enjoyed. When yes. He went back to the original, and I, I understand some people have tried to be like, oh, it's like Force Awakens. I didn't think that at all. But they did go back to like the original and going, this is all about horror movies. We're making fun of, once again, we're yep. tongue-in-cheek making fun of meta-wise horror movies. And so they explain what a requel is. A requel is a new movie. You don't want to do a remake because remakes fails. Uh, when you know Ghostbusters remake with the girls, it failed because they didn't they didn't bring any of the legacy characters back. You know, but Halloween struck it big. Why? Because you bring back legacy characters. Then you bring in new characters, and the new characters, the new cast, they're the ones that are going to take over. But you have to have the legacy characters to tie it to the past, and then the rules are off. And then we find out, you know, the one girl, uh, the girl that is being uh, Sam. Uh, who's played by Melissa Barrea. Oh, yeah. She is the star. She's going to be your new Nev Campbell. Yeah. Uh, there's some baggage there. We'll talk about that in a minute, trust me. But uh, she is, you know, that's where we find that out. And it's like all bets are off. And in requels, this could happen or this could happen. And so they kind of did the scream thing. But it was kind of cool because they explained why Halloween 2018 and Candyman were successful in that nutshell. Because you bring the legacy characters back while making something completely new and tying it in. So then when you go forward with the you know, sequels that will come, it is familiar and people are into it. So I yeah. thought that was really kind of cool. Or Halloween Kills, they yeah. failed. Yeah. But in my opinion, but some people actually still like that movie. They, they do the one thing that they couldn't do in a Batman movie until like 17 Batman movies later. They gave you the voice box and the mask. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's really cool when you yeah. first see it. Because he, because, well, it's her actually. Yeah. We find out she hits the fucking button. You see the red light. It's like, yeah. and, and it, like, I'm just, it was, a, it was actually a nice little touch because nice. it explained and then, yeah. you know, and just went, and it was very simple. And like you said, it was, there was the female. And you're just like, okay, got it. So, like, and we uh, heard, got to hear Ghostface talk to a fucking person in person. Yep. So basically, she was, the, the Ghostface is on the phone. But also is being heard by people in the movie, which is unusual. So that was actually kind of cool because she's telling she's uh, this uh, when this happens. She's telling uh, Sam or Ghostface, sorry, is telling Sam. Let's make it less confusing. uh, That you can choose either your boyfriend can live or your sister can live, but you get to choose which one dies. And like the clever part about it is they were buying time so her and Dewey save the day, and that's what leads to Dewey's demise. But like even even her sisters like first because she was the stab girl in the beginning or she was the the death girl supposed to be killed in the beginning but she lived but that that in homage to Drew Barrymore they yeah. copied they they did a lot of cut like Easter yeah. eggs with the touching the knives and answering yeah. the phone it was actually really kind of a yeah. cool but uh, like like that like just bashes the ankle like steps on the ankle and crack and you just see the foot just go by the way the first part of this movie this this is the opening scene when the killer. Steps like crushes the ankle. I went, oh fuck, this is different. Like, yes, it, yes. And, and you literally see the bone. Go, yeah, you saw. Yeah, it, like you. Went, and okay. I don't know how she lives. She gets fucking stabbed. A fuck. Yeah. Like you literally see her fucking just getting just butchered. You're just like, holy fuck! Must have missed the organs. She's in the hospital. Yeah. But it, but you know, for for the most part, it being a you know a slasher flick, it, it is it delivers on all that aspects. If you like, I said, if you're a scream fan. Yes, it, it doesn't step away from the Screams franchise. It, it it does the same thing, gives you new rules, and you can figure out. You just got to figure out who it is. Yep. And like I said, I said it in the thing in, in the poster. The killer, the killer is, is there. The, the killer is on the poster. Uh, but uh, I, I I'll throw it out there because uh, adding to like 
I think he maybe basically hit the positives. They're like, the yeah. kills were really good. The story was actually pretty good. I I, I, I was alright. I, I like the, how the story, the actual story. I'm not saying the execution completely. We'll get to that in a second. It's better than I, four. Yeah, I don't know. I like four a lot though, but I also like the story of four. Before yeah. I went away, four went away from being about movies and went yeah. into being about society and and yeah, like, true. Okay. The, 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 so it's, a, if, it's different from the other movies in that aspect. You're and right. if you go by the aspect of what they were going for, they were successful in the story. As a matter of fact, there's less plot holes in that movie. But I'm glad you no. did bring up four because we also found out in this movie uh, some eagle-eyed viewers of this movie because I didn't see it, but I'm going to be on the lookout for it. We find out that Kirby from four lives because they're looking through the YouTube videos. Remember when they're yeah. on the thing? The one YouTube video underneath when it was like the next video you suggested yeah. video to watch, it was uh, Kurt. Well, I can't remember her last name, but it says uh, interview with uh ghost face survivor kirby whatever oh kirby. so yeah so kirby was played by hayden penitier in the fourth okay movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, kirby yeah, is right. kirby is alive according to the television so no, it's, no, it's I, somebody some eagle-eyed person who watched it saw because remember they bring I, up the billy loomis interview yep. and then in the bottom corner uh they have the, for the the next movies like they do on youtube it literally says like i can't remember her last name yeah. it says kirby whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. ghost face survivor I, I kirby whatever survivor kirby was her name until yeah so i didn't see i didn't personally see it but then i saw a picture of it online and somebody had seen it so i'm gonna be on the lookout for because i'm gonna go see it with the kid this wednesday i think because nice. he wants to see it i'm, I'm gonna try to get roadie josh to go see it because he, he loved the screen movies too so but uh anyways uh, so that's a cool piece of storytelling to tie in for no. also uh deputy judy is now sheriff judy uh, so she ties in. She meets her. Dude, by the way, I got to give it up. When we're talking positives, probably one of the most intelligent kills in any Scream movie is Sheriff Judy's death. And the reason why I say that is, so Sheriff Judy leaves to go pick up some sushi that she ordered for her and her son. Well, in the car, she gets a phone call, and it's from Ghostface. Phone call says, hey, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come turn my, in." by the way, in the voice box, I'm going to turn myself in for the two murders I've committed. And she's like, that's good, but you've only committed one. The other person lived. And he was like, oh, well, I'm right now I'm going to kill your baby boy. So I'm going to turn myself in after I gut him. And so, of course, that gets her to whatever. How do I know you're at the house? And he was like, hey, have you ever seen the movie Psycho? And that's because she knows her son's taking a shower. So he's like, have you ever seen the, the movie Psycho? Oh. And she gets, she turns around. She turns the lights on, flies back. She's talking, you know, he's talking shit to her. She's talking shit back. He's like, you're going to be late. You're not going to get here in time. She you know, pulls up in front of the house, hops out of the car, goes to goes running in the house, and literally steps out from the side, ghost face, and just stabs her. Yeah. Just literally on the front porch. So he set her up. Yeah. Hadn't killed her son, set her up. Literally, she runs yeah. to go in to run into the house, and he just steps around the corner from behind the bush that's on the porch because there's, like, vines on the porch, and stabs her. And then she hits the ground, the sidewalk, middle of daylight, and yeah. butchers the shit out of her. Like, I mean, we get a lot of, like, fucking butchering in this movie. And you see the blood. And that's one of the scenes in the movie where we saw blood splatter on the ghost face mask. Which, in the previous movies, we didn't really see ever that mask get blood splattered on it. And both the kills in at the at the house get blood splattered on the mask. And I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah. Because then, one of my negatives we'll talk about here. After he gets out of the shower and they do the 50 million teases, the jump scare yeah. teases. So, like... Opens the door to the basement, closes, nobody's in the basement, closes the door, and you think there would be somebody behind the door? Nope, nothing. Then does it with a refrigerator to a doorway, closes it, nothing. Once again, the basement door, once yeah. again, the cupboard yeah. door. Like, they keep doing all these, like, like, and it goes on for way too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they did one too many. And then finally, the front door opens. So he goes to close the front, or goes to, instead of looking out, now mind you, if you would open the door, 
he would have seen his dead mother laying <laughs> on the walkway. Because Ghostface doesn't move the fucking body. No. It's still out in the walkway. But he doesn't open the door. He shuts the door and locks it. And when he turns around, Ghostface is there and, and he's got the knife right to his door. And he's trying to fight off. He's also trying to grab like a taser and can't reach it. And the knife goes right into his fucking throat. Yeah. And that's another time he starts gurgling and spitting up the blood from gurgling. And it goes right onto the mask. And you're just like, fucking cool touch. So both of them end up dead that way. So there's the how they die. But I thought that was ingenious. But with a positive, I thought the the killing of the sheriff was ingenious because you're like, oh shit, she's trying to beat at home, and the whole time they're teasing you as the audience member of him being in the shower, and you you're thinking psycho. And as soon as she goes to run in the yeah. house, doop, Ugh. and then that's it for when, when, no more Sheriff Judy. Hey, wait. All we know is when she, he closed the refrigerator door. Lemon squares are in the refrigerator. Yes, yes. There was a note of the lemon squares in the refrigerator. But they just kept doing the. Like, they kept yeah, doing like yeah. this fake thing, was, and it, was, it didn't work out there. I didn't like that at all. No, that there was, was two, there was too many. There was like four or five that they tried. And there's and, a couple other parts of the movie where they tease jump scares, and it doesn't work out. I liked how they didn't. I like there was really no jump scares in this movie at all. No, but they gave. They were but they, teasing they, for they, it. they teased them all throughout the movie, and I I just don't like it when they tease the shit because it's just I don't like jump scares because they're annoying. Uh I did like, speaking of which, when she when Sam gets attacked at the hospital and she's like, fuck you, come get me and my pleasure and comes right yeah. out the fucking door. Like he's 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 in the other like door and literally just goes, My pleasure. Fucking opens the door and comes in to start fucking her up. And of course, because uh, Ghostface is I, I do like the fact that Ghostface gets beat up. Everybody always yeah. asks me about that. You know why? Because Ghostface is human. Yeah. Like we find out all these other people are supernatural. Ghostface is is human. It's it's human beings. They're serial killers. And and you and you get thrown down. So going into the positives, I think we should bring this up. Continuing the positives, though, Sam's story is what I found the most interesting. So they had a really good, interesting twist, and you learn about it early in the movie. So the story for Sam is she's ran away from home. Well, she didn't really. Run, well, she did kind of run away from home, and she's been yeah. gone. She's in Modesto, California. Of course, Woodsboro is also in California, which we know that from the previous movies. But she's in Modesto, California. We don't really get how far away, but I'm assuming it's got to be like an hour or so give or take-ish. Can it be too long because they got there relatively quickly, but it was still a drive. So I would say like an hour, right? Maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe two. But anyways, Woodsboro is in California, so I was in Modesto. So she's in Modesto, and we, we introduce her to her, and she's with her boyfriend, uh, Richie, who is played by uh, Jack Quaid. Very good. Looks like his dad, by the way. Mm -hmm. But very mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, so we get to meet them, and they go because she gets a call from Wes, who is the Sheriff Judy's son. She used to babysit Wes. Wes is friends with her sister, Tara, who's the one that gets attacked, and says, hey, your sister's in the hospital. She was attacked by a ghost face killer, and you should get back here. And we're all like, well, there's some weird shit going on because Sam looks, sounds like she's seen a ghost. Well, when we come back, we find out because after her sister is awake and stuff, she, and after she has her encounter with Ghostface, she tells her sister it's all her fault. And right before we find she we she sees Billy Loomis in the mirror. She's taking her anti-sykes right before Ghostface comes after. She sees Billy Loomis. By the way, great job they did uh, the de aging on Ski Ulrich. Okay, and so it was really cool. And he's and he's in the mirror, just kind of at that first time he doesn't really say much. He just kind of staring yeah. at her with blood on his face. And she like shakes her head and he's gone. And then you find out why she sees Billy Loomis and why she's taking antipsychotic drugs, which you know we find out early on. It's because she, when she ran away from home, shortly before she ran away from home, she found diaries from her mother in the attic. 
And through these diaries, she found out uh, some of them that were around the time she got pregnant with her. She got pregnant for her when she was in high school. She married her high school sweetheart, who was her father. And then they had their daughter, the other daughter, Tara, blah, blah, blah. Well, she finds out through these diaries that her father's not her father. And she confronts her mother about her father. And unfortunately, her father, sorry, yeah. the, the one that thinks it's her father, yeah. overhears it. And that's when he leaves. So she blames herself for her dad leaving and stuff. But she's really mad at her mom because her real father is Billy Loomis. Okay. So her dad's a serial killer. And she doesn't think people would accept that. Blah, blah, blah. But somebody must know that my dad is Billy Loomis because they're killing off relatives of the killers. That's who the first relatives they're killing off are. Okay. So, that's what makes that kind of intriguing and interesting. And I thought that was actually a real cool without bringing somebody back. So, one of I'll go into one of my negatives. I think if you have any, we'll throw them in here. Because my biggest negatives in this movie is there's a bunch of plot holes. And then there's, like, on top of the, you know, teasing of fucking jump scares all the time, which was stupid, in my opinion. And the other problem that I really have is it's a predictable film. So, at some point in juncture in the movie, you understand what they're doing next. And you're just kind of like, and that's why you do figure out who yeah. the killer. I figured out, I figured out the female killer, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about the end. Okay, so, so I figured out the female killer early in the movie. Yeah. I thought that they were going to mind fuck us on the male one because I thought that it was the one that it ended up being, but I thought yeah, it was too that, easy. Okay, okay. I thought it was too easy, so, so I was like, okay, since it's that easy, it's going to be somebody same, else. We're on the same page. And I also was holding out the hope, not really hope, because I didn't want it. I didn't want it to happen. But I was also holding out the the hope that it was going to end up being Stu Mocker. Because, you know, they yeah. always tease that he's not dead, which he had a fucking television following his head. He's fucking dead. But it would have been great to see Matthew Lillard. Let's be yeah. honest. So there was always kind of that hope in my head that that was going to be the other killer. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially because one of the most predictable parts is there's a party. At, um, so they're going to leave. Like after they after Doobie gets killed, they survive Ghostface. They're going to leave uh, the sister, the boyfriend, the two sisters and the boyfriend. And that's when Sidney Prescott's finally in town. So finally, Nev Campbell's there. Earlier in the movie, we get what was in the trailer, which you saw, where, you know, Dewey calls her, forewarns her that Ghostface is back. Do not, under any circumstance, he tells her, well, the part's not in the trailer. He says, under any circumstance, do not come to Woodsboro. I don't care what happens. Do not come here. Be safe. You and your family, be safe. They did give us that she did yeah. marry Officer Mark yep. Yep. From, from Scream 3. So that was kind of cool that we got that, which we didn't get in 4, which is weird, but we find yeah. that out in 3. Or we found that out in this movie. And that's where the famous thing from the, the trailer was, do you have a gun? And she's like, I'm Sidney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. <laughs> like, so then Dewey dies. Well, that's what brings Sidney to okay. Woodsboro. Yeah. Gail comes because they're no longer together because Gail got a job in New York City and Dewey couldn't handle the city life. So he, we find out he leaves in the middle of the night. And they still love each other. It's kind of a cool like story. And she comes partially because she got sent for a story, but she's like 90% of this is because I'm worried about you. Yeah. And then they don't get to resolve anything because then he dies. So Gail's a mess, which I thought was kind of a cool take on the movie. But that's what brought Sydney back. And Sydney's like, I'm not going to stand back, especially after Dewey died. Like this motherfucker, this this mother, this motherfucker, these motherfuckers, whatever it is, they're going to die. <laughs> they they should have just stolen the evil dice tonight because it's been hilarious. <laughs> they did it though. But uh, anyways, that's why Sydney bringing you up to speed. That's why Sydney's back in the picture. So they're going to leave. But before the sister, and this is where I kind of was, I almost thought the sister was in on it, the Tara character. Right. Because before then, she's having, she's as asthma. She's having an asthma attack. She needs her puffer. Well, one of her extra inhalers is at her best friend's house, and they have to go get it. Well, at the best friend's house currently, they're throwing a party in honor of Wes, who is dead. So now these kids are getting drunk, a la Scream, the original Scream. And they don't show the house. They don't show the exterior yeah. of the house ever. 
And I look at, I, I lean over to Ron and I go, that's the mocker house. Yeah. I can already tell you because they're doing too much to not show us what the house looks like. Because they're outside the house at one point and all sorts of shit. Yeah. Somebody gets stabbed outside the house, all sorts of stuff. Uh, by the way, we find out the two, there's twins in this movie, a, guy, a, a boy and a girl twin. And they are the nephew and niece of Randy Meeks. So Jamie Kennedy's got a memorial <laughs> on their, <laughs> on their thing. And, and his sister from Scream 3 is in the movie reprising her role. Uh, and that's their mother. I thought that was kind of cool as well. Yeah. But anyway, so they do a good job. And then all of a sudden... You know the 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 boyfriend and the two sisters get there so they she can get her thing and then they clear out the party blah 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 and then uh sydney put a tracking device on their car so now sydney and gail show up and that's when we find out because right before she's like oh no look where we're going because they're on the gps And when they pull up, of course, we get the reveal. It, it turns and swings, and there's the door. And then it pulls back. It's the mocker house from the original yeah. Scream movie. So I'm like, but it was too predictable. And there's other things in the movie, but that was the big one. And I'm like, why would you make it that fucking predictable? Uh, do you have any other negatives before we go into the finale of this movie? Because I think the finale is actually pretty good. Well, like, I understand the story of her being, seeing her dead biological father. But, like, she didn't, like. By the way, later in the movie, on her way over to where we she would end up into the, by the sheriff's house and find that out and meet up back up with Dewey, she after she gets accused of being the killer herself, which is hilarious, uh, she sees her dad again in the rearview mirror of the car and almost cuts in an accident. And that's where he that's the first time we hear him talk. And that's yeah. already after we found out the reveal that there was his daughter. And she's like, and he's like, you know what? Find this killer. You have it in your blood. And fucking yeah. take care of it. What are you doing? Kill them. Like this is in your blood. Fucking, you're a killer. Just go ahead and fucking kill them. But why does he look? Why I just don't understand why he's all bloody. From I know the, it's really it, weird. Like, isn't like it? if anything, it should have been like a high school picture, picture or something. I mean, it did look like him from the movie because yeah. they de-aged him, and you yeah. know it was all new lines. But yeah. it was weird that they had blood on him. I agree. Well, because well, well, it was after he was killing. Right, right, right. But movie. she never saw him. Like you that. never saw him like that. There's, I don't think there was any picture. But then again, like, in his head, in his head. You know, in her yeah. head, he's a serial killer, so maybe that's what well, maybe I, like, I that, that was the only that thing was, that, that, that was a weird. I, I, I understood. Like, I agree I, with you. Though. I wasn't upset with the fact that they did that. Like they were like, okay, I'll give you that. And I know I wasn't upset that they, you know, had her seeing him. I just thought it should have been like his high school picture, like his high school yearbook picture, or you know what I mean. Like, but I, maybe that would have taken. They thought that would have taken the audience out of it and seeing him as how he looked at the end of Scream. Pretty much, right? I agree. I, I mean, because he had the white, white, the you know, white wife beater, yeah. blood on well, him, the white t-shirt with t-shirt, the blood yeah. on him and the yeah. blood on his face. Yeah. Like he was looking, he looked like towards the end of Scream. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, maybe that's why they did it that way. I don't know. I, that, but that that was just the weird part to me. But so, anyways, let's fast forward to the finale because I think that's a, the, like the negatives are out of the way with plot holes and stuff. We could name a bunch of them, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. We'll get to it at the end. But like, I, I did like the, the police finale. don't show up to the sheriff's house in enough time. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Even though she puts out a, she puts out the, yeah. the thing like get to my house now, but the killer still has like enough time to kill two people. Kill two people, like no, no, and no. Away. And she's and, and she's she's the first one there. <laughs> like, yeah, and get away. Anyways, yeah. so uh, yeah, there's well, a lot. Of, there's a lot. Of how many cops are in this town? Enough that when they're they're cordoning <laughs> yeah. off the area, I was surprised at how okay. many yeah. were. Yeah, like, like I thought there would be like not a lot too, but there was literally like a good ten or twelve cops at the fucking crime scene. Okay, well, like even in is it the first one or second one that Anthony Anderson's in? in that the, is the fourth one. Fourth one. Oh, okay, so but like Anthony Anderson, there's like there's like six different that you see there plus others. Yeah, they, like, like, I'm, I'm assuming like their it's a decent side, is pretty. I'm pretty assuming decent. it's a decent side town. 
So we go into the finale. So we're at the Mocker house. Sydney and Gail show up. Well, in the mix of this, we find out who our first killer is. And our first killer is, uh, and I have her name up just because I forget everybody's names, is Amber Freeman. That is the best friend of Tara, who's played by Mickey Madsen. And she's this tiny girl. And the way we find out, so basically, Ghostface attacks the niece of Randy Meeks, uh, who is, uh, let's, let's give her a shout out. Let me. But by the way, Mason Mason Gooding, who played Chad Meeks, uh, he is he is gets the top billing here for some reason. But Jasmine Savoy Brown played M- Mindy Meeks, so we have uh, Chad and Mindy Meeks. Chad, we see get we, well, he doesn't get killed on screen. We see him get attacked by Ghostface. We assume he's dead in the yard. Yeah. So then, uh, Ghost the Allah. Well, she's watching Stab, so she's watching Stab, and she's watching the scene in Stab, which would be the same scene in Scream with her uncle. As the getting getting killed, <laughs> or you know, remember when he's I don't yeah. know, you don't know if you ever seen the movies. Well, he's yelling at the TV because he's watching Halloween. Like, just turn around, turn around. So she's doing the same thing, and all of a sudden, she get, for some reason she turns around. The killer's there. So the Ghostface is there. Ghostface stabs her, and then uh, Sam comes in, breaks it up. Ghostface runs. She's trying to help uh, Mindy out, and that's when Amber or Amber walks in first, and Amber and Tara walk in, and they're like. You're the killer to Sam. And she's like, no. And, and Mindy's fucked up because she gets yeah. stabbed pretty deep. So she's just like kind of in shock. Can't say much. And then the other young lady uh, walked in who was uh, uh, dating um, Chad. Yeah. yeah, Chad. No. Yeah, she's actually, I don't have her on my listing for some reason. Oh, here we go. Uh, Sonia Ben Amar, who plays Liv McKenzie. Yes. Liv walks in. She's got blood on her. And they're all like, wait a minute. Why do you have blood on you? You're obviously the killer. And she's like, no, I just found Chad outside. I think he's dead. This is da 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 da. And all of a sudden, uh, of course, because it's the third act, and we were joking about this the whole time. Third act of a screen movie. Amber pulls out a gun and just fucking blows away Liv's head. Yep. Just fuck, and it's fucking brutal. It's just fucking shit everywhere. Yeah. Brain, brain, brain matter. Everything everywhere. So that's how we find out she's the killer, obviously, because she's got a fucking gun. Yeah. It just blew a girl's head off. She's like, yeah, I'm just tired of hearing you whine. Yeah. Okay. So, so now. Now, Amber ties up, uh, Amber gets the upper hand, ties up uh, Tara. Sam gets away. Well, 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 well Sam runs away yeah, while getting shot at into the basement with Richie, her boyfriend. And Richie's like, I don't know. I think your sister is the accomplice because obviously she knew she got us here. So she had to know something. And so he puts that kernel on her head. And she runs away. Well, when she goes upstairs, she finds her sister in the closet, taped up. And she goes to cut the fucking tape off and then stops, and she's replaying in her head that she could be the killer. So the next thing you know, we see Sam leaving that room. By now, Gail and fucking uh, uh, Sydney have been captured in the kitchen. And as she's coming out, uh, Richie appears, who looks like he's been stabbed. And he comes out of the, the, the closet. Well, why are you in there? I was hiding. And then, of course, he turns. He's the other killer. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny part about this is they gave it away in the beginning of the movie, which was yeah. ingenious. And I, I actually think this is ingenious because when they meet Dewey, first of all, he won't let them in. And then she's like, he's like, give me one good reason to let, let you in the house. And she's like, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter. And he opens the door and goes, that's a terrible reason. <laughs> so he lets them in. And, and the first thing he says to them, he's like, there's rules to this. He goes, first of all, who, how long have you known this guy? It's always the love interest. Okay. So it's the first thing he says. And fast forward later in the movie, 
and they did it. And, you know, so we get into the kitchen and they find out that these people that her they met on a message board. They love the original stab movie, but the stab movies have been getting away. We see a clip from Stab yeah. Eight, <laughs> it's just, and it's just ridiculous with flamethrowers <laughs> and metal masks. It's fucking crazy. Dude, dude's got the metal. It's basically Jason X. Yeah. You know, this is sometime other. They're, they're ruining the franchise, so we're bringing it back. And what better way than Billy Loomis's daughter? You're the killer, Sam. We're going to set you up to be the killer. So we're going to kill off Sydney and Gail. Sorry, Sydney, you're dying in this one. Your star power is over. And we're going to be the heroes of the day. But we're going to, and the only reason they're doing it is they want a new stab movie. Yep. And I mean, that plot hole is weird, but it makes yeah. sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like every other screen movie, they don't cross their T's and dot their I's. And uh, he gets Richie gets a little conf, overconfident. Sam, he's like, I even you believe me that I was in love with you and everything. You only knew me six months. He's like, the best part about it, I even had sex with you. Like it was fucking, it was like creepy. And he goes, because the best part about it, I had you even turn it on your own sister because I put the seed in your head and you didn't even trust your own sister. And, he, and by this time, he sends Liv to go get or not Liv Amber to go get Tara. And all of a sudden, you hear her go, she's not here. And she goes, what, did you really think that I was going to not trust my own sister? Of course I freed her. So, of course, when uh, he goes to try to find her, he eats a fucking uh, crutch for his problems. And then Liv, en- or Amber, sorry, I keep saying Liv, Amber ends back up in the kitchen. And that's where we find out that she's the one to kill Dewey because he's off and Sam's run off to try to save her sister. And he, she's in the kitchen with Gail and Sydney, and she's like saying how how it was great to gut him and everything yeah. else. And he died like a and bitch. he died like a little bitch, and that's how you're gonna die. And they end up, you know, doing stuff. Uh, she ends, you know, stabs happen, whatever, whatever. Uh, bottom line of it, uh, they end up kicking her off of her, and Sydney has a gun and hands it to Gail and says, "This one's yours." And fucking the girl turns around and she shoots this bitch in the chest. She turns around, hits the stove. The stove turns on and she lights up like a fucking <laughs> the 4th of July. So we have somebody on fire. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> but that's not my favorite part because the ending here is my favorite part. So Tara is injured, whatever. Tabas turned. Sam and Richie are fighting, like physically fighting. And the gun gets knocked away. They fall over the banister, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Sam sees that there's a knife under a curtain and she starts to make her way towards it. And uh, Richie gets on top of her in the process. She sees her dad in a fucking mirror. Oh, before she sees the knife, it's kind of, he gives it away because he has the knife and he's going like this on his face. And then she sees the knife over by this fucking uh, curtain. She starts going for the knife. He gets on top of her. Finally gets on top of her. He's like, says something. I can't remember. And she goes, you know what? You should never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. And takes the knife and jabs it into his fucking mouth. That's the mouth scene yeah. we're talking about. He hits the ground. She pulls the knife out. And she starts fucking... Like, I mean, stabbing the shit. He's, it goes to, the, 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 my most fucked up part is he puts his hand up the block like he would defensively. The knife goes through his fucking hand oh, and she just yeah, keeps going. Yeah. And, and then she's covered, like she's got blood 
like on her and he's like laying there like half fucking dead and he's like well how is my ending because he thinks it's a fucking movie because she's like it's not a fucking movie this is real life while she's fucking going in and she just goes oh you want your ending here's your ending and leans over pulls his head up and just slits his fucking throat and then she does the knife into the left hand because in the original set of screen movies it was always left handed takes her hand and fucking cleans the blood like she's fucking ghost face and I'm like don't tell me this bitch is going to kill everybody else she's going (laughs) to this is about she doesn't she ends up dropping the knife and you know we have our hero moment but but after you know the two the two legacy characters who should be more fucked up than they are yeah. are just sitting on the thing. The, the sister is now being loaded back into an ambulance because she's fucked up. We find out that Chad wasn't dead and neither is Mindy. They're both going to the hospital, and so that's nice. But they're both fucked up. And the terror's got the light of the night. She's like, "Can you just take me to a different hospital?" <laughs> <laughs> like she's had enough. And then you know, so before they leave, Sam goes over and thanks Sydney and Gail and. You have that moment, and as she's walking back to the ambulance, she looks into the she looks at the like the police car window, and she sees her dad, and she smiles and nods her head, and then she gets into the ambulance, and they that's the end of the movie. So I'm like, I don't know if they're setting her up to be a killer or what they're doing, which would be cool because we've never had the killer same killer twice, so who yeah. knows? That'd be fucking great. But she wasn't the killer in this. And it's a cool origin story of being like the original intended victim to being now the killer. that made that snap, and you yeah. become yeah. a serial killer yeah. because yeah. of your lineage. Yeah, yeah. you. You know, for you, the whole uh, Amber thing after the fire, like she didn't oh, she die. comes back. Yeah. She she comes running out the the hall and it's a half melted face and stuff. Oh, because oh, because first they were like, you better shoot him in the head because they yeah. always come back. She's like, he ain't fucking coming back. And then all of a sudden she comes running out, yeah. and that's that's she, when she gets shot. In, uh, she gets shot in the head by Tara, the yeah. sister. She has a gun and shoots her. And she they, picked up the gun that was on the floor yeah, when yeah. they were struggling. Yeah. But, but I think it was really funny because I love how they're like they always come back and she just looks at him he ain't fucking coming back she th- so she th- she stabs him easily 20 times and then slits his throat he ain't yeah. coming back but and then like the the one little comic relief was Sam with Sydney and Gal and basically they're explaining what they're gonna go do and they're gonna go kill kill Ghostface and all that stuff and Sam just looks like so you want me to wants me to you want me to help you commit murder and they just both look at each other and say yeah that's what you do we kill these people that's what we do it's kind of funny but she does end up killing it i thought i like i said for what it was i thought it was an interesting story uh and i thought that the i thought the ending i liked the ending with her doing the overkill i personally did i thought that was fucking great and i thought it was brutal as shit she really was going to town and i I just love the fact that like my my two favorite parts are like when he does the ending and she just grabs him by his head and just says here's your ending and just slits his throat but then like i said paid attention to details Knife's in the left hand, takes the right hand, and just wipes the blade like Ghostface does in the movies. And you're just like, she yeah. knows. She knows how to be fucking Ghostface. This is crazy. This is crazy. I don't know. Uh, it did have detractions, though. So, I mean, I don't know. You have any other questions, Diesel? Is there anything else that you would like to ask before we uh, move on? No, no. Uh, I was going to ask who the returning from Scream 4 was because I saw that article, but I didn't click on it. But you already answered that. And... Yeah, Sheriff Judy. Uh, no, no, no. Kirby. Kirby. Well, Kirby, Kirby did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they did the... Yeah. Uh, they did the reveal of yeah. the that she was in the thing there, but she we haven't seen her, so that may, maybe she'll be in another movie as a legacy character. Who knows? Oh, no, sounds interesting. And uh, no, no uh, Jay or Silent Bob. No Jay and Silent Bob. No, no, no. no. Fuck. Nothing that crazy. Nothing. <laughs> well, before we give out our scores, you know we like to do uh, scores from around the internet, but we also like to do that in game form because time to play the game. Time to play the game. 
That's right, it's time to play the game, and we will, uh, so basically the rules of the game are simple. It's Price is Right rules. Whoever comes closest without going over gets the point, uh, except for the final question, if we need the tiebreaker, because we don't do ties here. We're not the NFL. We have to have a winner, so it's whoever comes closest to number, because, and if that point, it has to be worth two points to make it easier, you know, we make up our own fucking rules. That's right, there's no rules to this shit like a horror movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> we make up our own rules. But, I forgot which one of you gentlemen was the reigning champion, because it's been last till last year. This is the first one of the new year. I think it was Diesel. Yeah, I think, I think it was I Diesel. Okay, it last so, week. so what we'll do is, anyways, it doesn't really matter because what's the new it's, year, new, new new me. So we'll let we'll let Ron go first, anyways. So I think Diesel spent more time as champion, anyways, overall. So, <laughs> Ron, IMDb out of ten using points, what did they give Scream twenty twenty two? Oh shit! Uh, it's horror movie, so six point two. Diesel, I'll, I'll give you a little. I was thinking seven in my head. Diesel gets the point. 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. I didn't, think, I didn't think it'd be that high. All right, here's a new one for you, Diesel. I mean, we've used it before. Fandango. Fandango. Out of 100%, what did they give it? Ooh, a, we'll go with 67. Ronald. 72. Ron gets the point. 84% on Fandango. Oh, the new Google users. <laughs> Ron, for the win. Actually, both of you for the win. Or... If we're going to go to sudden death, Rotten Tomatoes out of 100%. What do they give Scream 2022? I'm thinking 56. Diesel. 69. Your winner. And for the first time this year, champion, Diesel. It was 76% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa, yeah. I, well, I didn't think it would be that high. 56 was just popping my yeah. head for Rotten Tomatoes. Funsies. Google users, what did they give it, Diesel? 90. Ron. <laughs> 89. Ron, you would have been closer at 88%. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, very well. It's very yeah. well. It's being very well nice. reviewed, believe it or not. I know there are some people who did not like this movie. I know there are some, actually some people who hated this movie. Uh, and I, I don't get it. I did like this movie. Two varying stuff. So, yeah. as always, we are going to give you the nerd score up first. So, and it'll only be me and Ron this time. And I will, at the end of my score, I will give you what I gave it as my critic score as well. But uh, the nerd levels are simple. It is an entertainment scale. It is not necessarily based on how good the movie, or how artsy the movie is, or how great the movie is. Perfect example is this that we bring up each and every week. But it's a good way for those of you who don't understand the scale or who are new to the show is Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive is a terrible movie, and on a critic scale, it's probably a two at best. However, I would give it a four on the nerd scale because I enjoy that movie, and it's a great entertainment, and I know Ron does as well. So it would be a just take my money because the scale goes as follows. A number one is no. That means you should never watch the fucking movie. It is terrible. It is trash. A number two is you've been warned. That means it's below average. It's not a good movie, and we've warned you about it. Don't waste your time, but if you don't listen to us, you've been warned. A three is is basically just, yeah, it's there. It's it's a good movie, but I wouldn't pay money for it. You don't need to rush to the movie theater to see it. You don't even have to buy it on Blu-ray or DVD or digital. You should just probably wait until it's on Netflix, HBO Max, or any other streaming service out there and take advantage of that. And then we get into the ones where you need to buy because we have number at four. Uh, four is just take my money. That means you should probably go see it in the theater or it's worthy of buying on digital or Blu-ray. It might even be worthy of putting into your uh, rotation at at some point in juncture but it is a worthwhile movie to invest in and buy because it's a very it's it's a good movie it's entertaining and of course then there is the rarefied air certified nerd at the five level and that means you should go to see this movie now you should probably see it twice in the theater you should probably buy it on blu-ray dvd and digital and it should become a staple for you giving you a certified nerd movie easily 
Endgame was a certified nerd movie. I also do believe most of us gave Spider-Man No Way Home a certified nerd on the scale. And I think a couple of us even gave Shang-Chi one. Not yeah. all of us. Now, we were not ingredients of those ones. But Yeah, was, I can't remember. It's been a while. But it was close. I'm just saying. Endgame is a definite yeah. certified nerd movie. It's very rarefied. We don't just throw those out there. Last Night in Soho got a certified nerd from both me and Diesel. And, of course, it was my movie of the year. So, And it was also my horror film of the year. So, or no, Candyman was my horror film of the year. Yeah. Uh, so, Last Night in Soho was my movie of the year. All right. Here we go, Ron. On the nerd scale, what, and if you want to give an explanation why, did you give Scream 2022? Uh, I'm going with a four. Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. If you're a fan of the screen movies, watch it. It it adds to it. It it hits there. Like I said, there's plot holes, but it's a horror movie. There's always going to be plot holes. Like I said, the negatives that we gave it are just there because that's how we watch movies. Um, overall, it was actually an entertaining watch. I was not upset that we went. I was not upset that we sat there and watched it. Absolutely. Besides not. the ass hat to my left, talking about who the original Riddler was, or they, or the people down uh, uh, in front of us who the left teenagers. the theater a fucking wreck and talked the whole movie. Yeah, the teenagers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So for and uh, you know what. I'm going to agree with you. I also give this a four. I give it just take my money. Uh, the thing is, is I thought this was a very good movie. I thought that it, it was put together well. I found it entertaining. Was there plot holes? Absolutely. Was there things you had to let go? Absolutely. It's a fucking horror film. I did I did deduct points. We'll get to that in a second on my critic for some of those things. But at the same time, I still thought it was a very enjoyable movie. I didn't think it was the greatest horror film of all time. It's not even the greatest screen movie of all time. But it was still a very good film, and I, I'm glad I went to see it. And I will definitely be, I'm going to be taking the kid to see it because he hasn't seen it. That's how you know that I didn't didn't mind it i never took him to see eternals because i didn't want to go see that movie again <laughs> this movie i'm going to see but that's another story for another day so my critic score for this movie uh just so we got we know where we're at the original scream movie i gave a nine to the original scream 1996 scream 2 scream 2 is my second favorite movie in the in the franchise very good movie i do believe i gave that an eight okay. and these were all on horror zone so if you guys want to go back through we did Sabathon this year you can hear them all scream 3 is my least favorite and i still gave that a six uh, I still think it's better than average, but I also will tell you that I'm not a fan of the plot holes in that movie, and it's fuck. It seems jumbled together. We were supposed to get a different movie anyways, but because of reasons, we didn't. <laughs> and also, that's the only movie in the original four movies that Kevin Williamson did not write. Makes a difference. Uh, and of course, four I actually really enjoy a lot. I gave four seven and a half. I actually do not like this movie more than four. I think that the storyline in four was slightly better. With that being said, I don't think this movie is is not is a lot worse, and I don't like to do quarter points, so I give this a seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, I think this is not. It, it, and by the way, a seven out of ten means it's above average. It's a good movie. Yes, there's some plot hole points and some things that I can't excuse. That's why it's not getting a higher score. It's not getting up there in like eight for number two or a nine for the original, which is a phenomenal movie. But I, I still think it's a good movie. It's a good watch. Seven out of ten is a great score. I'll be I'll be giving the seven out of ten on Horror Zone when we do the review, and I'll be diving in a little further on that one review because I I may be doing that one by myself, so I might just go through the whole movie, uh, and I'll probably do it after I see it the second time, so it'll be nice and fresh. Nice. Uh, with that being said, though, yeah, Scream 2022. If you've been on the fence about it, go see it. It's a fun movie, and there's uh, it's, uh, until February fourth. I don't think there's any major movies coming out, so. It's a good time to go see it because uh, you got a couple weeks of no major releases. With that being said, though, that is going to do it for the show. But we got to pay them bills. So it's time for some shameless plugs. 
First of all, if you can hear my voice, that knows, means you know how to find us. But do your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type three fat nerds into any podcast provider out there. And remember, for everything we talk about, it's the number three, not the word three. And booyakasha. There we are. You might as well smash that follow or subscribe button so you get our show delivered to you each and every week automatically. We're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review. Help us spread the word of nerd. Of course, you can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Remember to use that hashtag 3FMPod whenever talking about the show on any of our social medias. But guys, James Bond has to be white. <laughs> Fuck you. Email us your hate, 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. Of course, here's the double dip. Of course, make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Remember, if you're a wrestling fan, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, myself and Ken M. from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast come to you with our takes on wrestling. It's 607TWS live on Twitch. Of course, you can find it on podcast form anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. But if you would like to join the conversation live and watch it as it goes down every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, uh, we do movie nights on there and we got other special things cooked up for you. So you're not going to want to miss that, especially when it comes to anniversary time, because we'll be doing something for the anniversary on the Twitch channel yet again, like we did last year. Maybe some live audience with it as well. But we ain't doing the chip challenge. No, we're not doing the chip <laughs> challenge. We're just going to have a live show like we used to, but we might do it. We'll put it on uh, Twitch and we'll also have some people probably live here because, you know, we, we can have some people back. So uh, next up, of course, if you would like to support us monetarily, you can do that over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash 8122productions. We give you a ton of extra bonus content. And trust me, we're fat guys, so we overcompensate. You do get a ton of extra stuff for as little as $1 a month, and it does help us do everything with the podcasting and streaming, so we do really appreciate it. Plus, you get some bonus content, including a brand new show that me and Diesel will probably be rolling out with a different name uh, that we would call 3FN After Dark currently, but it's a funny comedy show that me and uh, Diesel are going to be doing on a separate channel eventually. It's kind of a passion project for us uh, but we're gonna work out all the bugs on patreon so the patreon users you get a little bonus and then when it goes live you guys still will get it early and everything else because guess what you also get all the podcasts we do early and they're uncut uncensored and unedited so that means you get a bonus content for each and every one of the shows so one dollar a month only one dollar or three dollars because that's the only other tier and guess what patreon.com eight one two two productions as an h t t p colon Backslash, backslash, eat one double deuce, P R O D U C T I O N S dot com. You don't have to do all of that. Diesel's just an overachiever. It's just 8122productions.com <laughs> for all things 8122productions. Find out more about Three Fetters Podcast, Horizon 607, 607TWS, and so much more. Uh, you can check out the bands who uh, let us use their music so we don't have to get any copyright violations, such as our good friends who do the intro theme, as we talked about earlier. Shout out the robots. Also, during the break, you heard our good friend Second Suitor. That song was called Sprankles. And, of course, Tom Jolu, uh, Tom Jolu Floodlands. The Jasons from West Virginia, and last but certainly not least, the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you guys for letting us use your music. And, uh, you know, go support all those bands on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. There are links to all of that is right on the website, as well as friends of the show like the ODPH and Sci-Fi Horror Fest. And last but certainly not least, also on the website, we have the links to our Patreon, Twitch, and T Public Store if you want to buy some swag and support the show as well. And then, of course, we have local sponsors who help us bring the show to you each and every week with absolutely no commercials or no fillers or anything, unless Dick Pills like Blue Chew wants to subscribe to us because uh, we could uh, Diesel could use some of that in his life. 
But let's give a shout out to them local sponsors right now. First of all, the people who provide us with the studio you hear is from the 8122 Production Studios. Of course, that's Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic Gathering gaming needs, you can go ahead and visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about any events going on at the store, make sure you follow their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rex Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them the three fat nerds say you. Ronald! One out of ten stars. The worst. Warning. Spoilers. Okay, I am a film lover, but this is probably the worst piece of crap film in film history. All of the Lord of the Ring films were very boring. Like, holy crap, three hours of just really boring. Give me my money back. One out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. There you go. I'd rather watch the Scream franchise. <laughs> Actually, the Scream franchise. But, oh, by the way, on Horror Zone, I, I did do it, and we're going to go into it again. I have gone on the limb and said that the Scream franchise is probably the best franchise in all of horror movies. Because unlike every other franchise, there is no real terrible movie. Yeah. Because yeah. the worst movie, even in my yeah. opinion, a lot of people's, and a lot of other people, believe it or not, is either three or four, and nobody actually gives it below a five usually. It's usually above a five. Whereas you go to like Friday the 13th, and we got, you know, Friday the 13th part eight, you know, Friday the 13th part nine. Halloween, five, yeah. six, Resurrection, Ugh. yeah, it's too sporadic. Goes up, up yeah, and down, yeah. way too high. So, so as far as consistency, the Scream franchise has actually been the most consistent in horror, believe it or not. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you got uh, some entertainment out of our musings here on the Three Fighters podcast. Of course, we will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, though, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Plus, Scream has a sex appeal of Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich. Oh. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. Just wanna come